and Rajasthan wins the Sandown Cup. But it's Brodsky beat clear, all out, but wins the Sandown Cup. Hello, I'm Gareth Hall, and welcome to RSN's official podcast of the RSN 927 Sandown Cup. Of course, it's the world's premier distance greyhound race worth $250,000 to be run Thursday night at Sandown, of course, at 8.20. Let's welcome in the team. Mickey Floyd, hello to you. Hello, Gareth. Yeah, I wonder what a finalist is going to be. It's uh, Not only is it a very good race, there's great stories behind all the dogs, and um, really looking forward to getting into it. Every greyhound has a story, George, as Mick pointed out, and boy, haven't these greyhounds competing in this year's RSN 927 Sandown Cup. They've all got a story to tell, which is exciting. Yeah, it's a, it's a great final. There's there's a real interstate feel about it, and um, yeah, look, I think there's some there's a, there's multiple chances in the race depending on on where they settle in that first hundred metres. So I can't wait to kick it off uh, tomorrow night. What is going on with the Victorians first of all? Because we have dominated this race. Last time an interstate greyhound tasted success in a Sandown Cup it was way back in two thousand and eight when Chinatown Lad did it for Tasmania. Um, but looking at the field this year. It looks like maybe the cup will be heading outside of Victoria. Yeah, and the market certainly suggests that. The Victorians have dominated staying ranks for a long, long time now, not just the Sandown Cup, but uh, pretty much all the staying races uh, with, a, with a couple of outliers. Mayada, obviously, the uh, uh, the main one there. But, um, no, look, I think the, it's just a reflection of how good the interstaters are. Stanley Rhodes already won a couple of group races, and uh, Zach Manelli's a, a very, very good chaser as well. So, uh, no, I think it's just a, a sign that the interstaters have caught up. So what we're going to do with this podcast, we'll go through runner by runner for the RSN 927 Sandown Cup. We'll hear from some of the major players as well. Then we'll take a break and then we'll look at some of the other races on this wonderful program, including the Grade 8 for the Open Class Sprinters and also the... Basically, it's the consolation of the Sandown Cup, which is race seven on uh, the program there at Sandown on Thursday night, Mickey. Yeah, it's a, and that's a really good race in its own right. Uh, uh, basically, a consolation is basically the best of the rest, the uh, the best eight dogs who did make the final. So uh, another really, really nice card on what is a really strong quaddy. Looking forward to it. Let's get stuck in now to the official um, RSN 927 Sandown Cup podcast. RSN remembers another hero in the world's premier distance event for greyhounds. Away in racing. The RSN Sandown Cup. The love of greyhounds runs deep in Angela Jackson's family. Her dad is veteran trainer Cal Greeno. So when Angela chose her very first greyhound to train, she picked a beauty, Bobby Boucher. In 2011, he was Sandown's Greyhound of the Year after a string of brilliant staying performances, including the RSN Sandown Cup. But Bobby Boucher off the back, well out in front in the Sandown Cup, and Bobby Boucher runs them ragged in a brilliant display of speed and stamina. Bobby Boucher by six lengths. And believe it or not, new track record to Bobby Boucher. Join the chase to the RSN Sandown Cup this Thursday night. And Nicholas Quinn from the tab joins us to preview the market for the 2021 RSN927 Sandown Cup. And um, hello to you, Quinny. Now, the punters are taking on this WA star stayer and Zach Manelli. He's a drifting favourite. Look, maybe just went up too short at 225. Now we're 250 market leader. So certainly nothing alarming, but you're spot on. There has been money for runners around the favourite with the market mover number four, Zipping Rambo, who's been $12 into five. Box number four seen as favourable there from a punter's perspective. 
Well, Stanley Road, terrific last Thursday night, and a 3.90 second leg from box number six. And it will be interesting to see if we do have a scratching or not, because there has been money for the first reserve, number nine, Hank the Hustler, $12 into nine. It's a little bit of a risk-free throw at the stumps for punters who bet into this runner once final field was declared following the box draw, because should Hank the Hustler fail to gain a start, you get your money back, but maybe there was a bit of meat on the bone with the $12 initially available for that runner. So sipping Rambo, clearly the best back to you. Since the box draw, absolutely. Yep. Prior to the box draw, Zach Manelli and Stanley Rode were the two best backed in pre-post betting. Thanks for that, Quinny. Thanks, Jen. There's Nicholas Quinn from the tab. Let's go through the runners for this year's RSN Sandown Cup final. What a race it promises to be. We'll start off with the one. Zach Manelli, Lynn Smith, prepares this greyhound, of course, formerly trained by David Hobby over in the West. He's at $2.50. This time last week, he was the short price favourite to win the series overall. He was beaten in his heat by, of course, Tyler Durden. He's a drifting favourite now after, despite drawing box number one, Mickey Floyd. What is going on? It's a tricky one to draw a line through his heat run last week. Uh, on the podcast last week, I think I pretty much declared him winning the uh, the Sandown Cup final. And um, regardless which box he drew, he drew the one, as we know. And um, he's drifted ever since. Looking at his run last week, on the surface, it was pretty disappointing. You see a dollar twenty chance go around and get run down, or not even run down, didn't lead um, against the Greyhound in its first start over 700. But if you break it down and you look at the splits Tyler Durden was running, he went 5.99 in the first mark, 15.43 to the back, 30 and 10 to the third marker. Then he record splits. So for any dog to run him down, going that quick out in front would be an enormous effort. Uh, Zach Manelli sat on his back pretty much the entire trip and couldn't quite get there at the end. Uh, Zach Manelli went fractionally quicker in his, his uh, run the week before. Um, so Zach Manelli's run in isolation was actually a really big run. It just happened to be uh, find one better on the day by Tyler Durden. So come with it, Red Box here. If he's right, uh, he's got a proven record over the distance. He's, uh, he's over 700. He's had 11 starts now for eight wins in a second. So we know he can do. Uh, we know he can. Uh, run those times week to week. We know that he can handle a track. Uh, the box draw is absolutely perfect. I st- I'm not at all surprised to see him favour. I think he can still win this race. In fact, I'm, I'm still tipping him on top. But uh, just that little uh, betting drift is a slight concern. George, are you writing off this favourite? And what price do you expect him to start come Thursday night? Oh, look, certainly not writing him off. I, I agree with what Mick said. I, I thought the run was okay. I mean, in, in essence, he still run 4180 and the, and the best for the whole program was the Greyhound that defeated him in 4174. Yeah, it was slower than the week before when he went 4149, but as we mentioned, the splits were really good. He's got slow beginners in two and three. And, and Tyler Durden began very, very well. And we know he can do that, but he can be a little bit hit or miss at box rise as well. So I think Zach's a chance to hold him out this time. And if he does that, um, easily he could uh, reverse the roles on him. So I think D- Tyler Durden will give him some curry early, but I think the main concern for Zach is how close dogs like Stanley Road are to him. But look, as we said, his form at Cannington, he got down to 41.39. That's not too far away from Tornado Tears' track record. And Tornado Tears set that when he was absolutely at his peak. So Zach Manelli is an unbelievable stayer, and he could just lead all the way here and run around the 4150 mark, and they won't catch him. So certainly not riding him off, and I think he's at around the right price. All right, then number two is We The People. It's another WA Greyhound, and she's trained in Victoria by Brooke and Jamie Ennis, and let's hear what Jamie had to say about her chances. Yeah, it's probably a good draw for her. Um, it looks to be uh, you know, the speed both sides of the track. Probably... Yeah, it doesn't really matter what she drew, but uh, you preferably inside at least um, 
should be able to hold that hold that line around the first corner and uh, hopefully um, there's a little bit of trouble in the middle when she can get a run through. Has she had a good week? Yeah, she has. Um, really happy with her this week. She's worked well and, um, you know, she'll be out there to do her best. Can she win? I would think more of a place chance, but um, she's a bit of an opportunist. If uh, those dogs with the speed sort of tangle up early, um, she's probably not out of the race, but she's probably just one of the chances. The dog to beat in your eyes? Zipping Rambo, clearly. All right, then we might get the Zipping Rambo a little later. But we the people, $11.250. Mick, do you agree with Jamie? Yeah, I, I actually think she's a really good each-way chance. Uh, has drifted out since uh, the market first opened. It was $8 when it opened out, $11, as you mentioned. But, uh, look, I think uh, I think she profiles pretty well here. She should get a clear enough run early doors. Um, Zach Manali will beat her out, no question. I think uh, she'll also beat Sir Truculent out of box three. Uh, Zipping Rambo is the X Factor. We'll get to him. But uh, if you look at her record uh, over the 700, she's been incredibly reliable. She's had nine starts now she's been placed in eight of them winning three of them and I think one of the big differences for this final here on uh, on Thursday night is that if you look at her runs over the, the 700 so far in her career she's had five starts out of box eight this is the first time she's actually drawn close to the fence and can get into a race like this um, one thing I've really been uh, really impressed with the three runs at Sandown so far is she's improved that first split each time despite being drawn a little bit off the track so I think with uh, with that good box draw I think she comes into this race really really well we know she'll run it out nice and strong too so I think at $12 I I think she's a fantastic each way chance. Georgie, do you give her a chance? She probably just needs a little bit of luck and maybe some interference at some stage. Yeah, I think she does. And I think, again, the key with her is that she doesn't at any stage want Stanley Road going past her or in front of her because we know that he's he's the stronger greyhound to the line, as strong as she is. But, look, in fairness to her, she's gone to another level since her placings in the Galaxy at Cannington. She was fantastic there. Got defeated by Sunset Burbsky in the heat and then Zach Minnelli in the final. And she's she's come here and and um, started where she's left off forty one eighty two so that's where that's where her mark is forty one eighties I think I don't think she can go probably too much quicker than that and the, the the problem for her is that there's probably three or four greyhounds that can so yeah she needs a little bit of luck but if there is a little bit of a jam up we know she'll be getting to the line strongly the three sir truculents at twenty six dollars and four dollars forty. Uh, Walter Harkins prepares this South Australian greyhound that's been terrific for connections, and he's made another big final here, Mick. Yeah, he's uh, he's fantastic greyhound, isn't he? He became a bit of a, a cult hero at one point last year. He had 20 starts at Angle Park over the 700 for 16 wins in four seconds. It was uh, it was as bankable as he could possibly get. Um, look, he's been around a while now. He's had 62. This will be his 63rd attempt over the 700 uh, around the country, and he's won half of them. So that kind of it speaks volumes. In fact, if he wins this uh, on Thursday night or his next 700 win. In in fact, he'll equal tonight's wish for the second most distance wins in the country. We did a bit of uh, bit of research during the week. Bold Trees with a record at 38. So, um, you know, you're being benchmarked against uh, Bold Trees that speaks volumes. But, look, he's, he's going to have to find a little bit. Um, he's probably not racing as well. I think it's fair to say he's not racing as well as he was 12 months ago. But he was placed in the group. Uh, group one bold trees here at Sandown Park last uh, last November, so he certainly handles the track. Um, I'm just not sure he's going quite well enough, and uh, it looks like he's lost a little bit of early toe as well. So I'm not sure where he'll be sitting through that first turn. So um, yeah, I think the market's got it about right. Your thoughts here, George, were so truculent. Uh, just, I, I just want to congratulate on, on what a career it's been, and it's not over yet. But how's this for a stat? He's raced 86 times, guys. 78 of those times he's finished in the top four. I think that just highlights his consistency and his chase, and it doesn't matter that he's in group finals. I just think he handles that sort of pressure. He's raced against Stanley Road before and got close to him. So, But I agree. I mean, he's 
he's getting a little bit longer in the tooth now. He'll, he'll turn four in December and he's probably just a little bit off his best. But there have been times where he has been able to jump a little bit cleaner and that's going to be the key to him. He needs to sit a little bit closer than getting way back because I think then, again, the back markers come into it and they're probably racing a little bit better. Everybody's tipping me zipping Rambo in this year's RSA 927 Sandown Cup. Now, I missed the $12 when the markets opened after the box draw. He's into $5. Mark Delbridge prepares. I'll start off with you here, George. Is he a greyhound that obviously the tab put up overs? He's into $5 now. Do you give him, do you give him a winning chance? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and based on a, a couple of reasons. First off, his form over 600 metres is probably as good as anyone in the country. And Mick will know better than anyone. His win in 33.66 at Sandown, his first split was 8.99. Very rarely do they get under the nine-second mark. So the speeds there, his two runs over over 700 metres have been good behind Zach Manelli and Stanley Road, the, the two best stays in the country. And I think Mark Gatt alluded to it on radio yesterday. He was pretty impressed by the run and thought this was the main danger to him, which is a, a big call, I suppose. So, yeah, look, he's going to be in a very, very forward position. And his he's, he's runs in his last two weeks have been fantastic. So 12s was certainly overs, and I think he's in at, at around about the right price now. And the trainers that I've talked to during the week here, Mick, Mark Gatt, Cal Greeno, Jamie Ennis, they've all said that this greyhound is the dog to beat. So maybe the $5 is still a good bet. Yeah, it could be. I think there's a, a little bit of X factor about him. As George said, he's, he's run over that uh, 595 when he, he went within half a length of the record. It was extraordinary. And his middle distance form is very strong. He had five wins out of seven starts. And four of those wins were in best of night with only one. Uh, the only one he wasn't best of night was only at the 100th off. So uh, he is capable of running very, very fast times. But the thing that's really intrigued me since he stepped up at the 700 is he hasn't stepped particularly well. Um, those 595 runs he he, he stepped and accelerated really well. He hasn't seen it over the 700. If he can bring that to the final on Thursday night, then, um, look, he's going to be right in the mix. I think $12 was a big, big overs. $5 is probably about his mark. But, uh, yeah, look, he couldn't have been any more impressive in his two starts to date. And, uh, um, yeah, I think $5 is about right. And these markets that we're talking about are the tab markets at around 9.27 on a Wednesday morning. This is the time that we're recording this podcast. Let's have a look at the Queenslander, Maggie Moo Moo, for the Johnston camp. She is a two-year-old greyhound that has been racing in brilliant form, was impressive to take out her heat there last week, um, Mick Floyd. Can she do it for Queensland? Uh, I think she can. She's going to need a little bit of luck, like a lot of these dogs, uh, particularly the ones drawn in the middle there. They haven't got a lot of early toes, so uh, they're going to need that bit of luck on the way through. But, um, yeah, look, she's been racing in really good fashion. Um, she's worked her way through the fields pretty well. Um, as I said, no real early speed, but that uh, it, well, one thing you're absolutely certain of, she'll run that 700 really strong. In fact, if it was an 800-metre race, she'd probably be the favourite. But, um, look, she's worked her way, worked her times down with each start. It's interesting, her weight's come off a little bit as well so um, she's obviously stripping fitter with each run and um, look she's she's being looked after by Robbie Britton while she's down here in Victoria and uh, he can't do much wrong there he's uh, he's early knows how to get a stay right so um, look I think she's in with the show um, it was really interesting uh, after the heats were run they had put up a market before the box draw uh, and she was pretty well supported she went from something like 12s into six dollars but since the box draw has come out come up with box five as I said it's a little bit sticky with the other dogs mm. around her um, back out to eleven dollars now I think she can certainly run a drum but she's going to need a little bit of luck to win it what are you thinking with Maggie Moo Moo George yeah I'm gonna stick my neck out a bit and just say I don't think she can win the race I, I look she's we mentioned last week that there was a couple of runs at Albion Park where they, they were certainly eye-catching she, she's certainly a talent and and Mick alluded to the fact she's down to low 24 kilos now, so she's uh, ready to rumble here. 
but I just think she's going to be outpaced. And then I think there's a couple of backmarkers who probably um, are a little bit more classy than her. So if they run a place, I, I would suggest I think that's a good result for Maggie Moomoo. Stanley Road jumps from box number six. He's the second favourite. Let's hear from his trainer, Mark Gatt. Yeah, box six. Uh, not really. I wanted to be closer, you know, down to the fence. Um, you're hoping to get around sort of untouched and... Um, there's a wide runner on his inside, but it is a good beginner, and he's sort of been pulling out anyway. So I'm just hoping he sort of reverses out of the lids, and you know, hopefully we'll just uh, get a, get a good run through on the inside and and lobby north nice sandy spot to the winning post the first time. Third or fourth would be lovely. Yeah, Mark also said that the greyhounds in um, a great frame of mind after that that victory there in the heat there last week, a confidence boosting victory in a way after a few. Setbacks there at Wentworth Park when he copped a little bit of interference. So he draws box six. Is that a concern for you, Mick Floyd? Um, a little bit. Um, not box six in itself. Uh, he's got a pretty good record out of it. He's had four goes at it over the 700 and uh, he's won three and been placed in the other. So I don't think the box draw in itself is a big concern. He, he will drop out the back. The concern is that he'll want the fence and um, you hate to see him get caught up with a, a Maggie Moomoo or a sort of Trackland who's also going to be you know, likely uh, dropping out the back as well. So... Um, if he does get that clear run, we've seen that we saw it last week just how strong he is at the end. And uh, Paul Bartolo, uh, who's looking after uh, the Greyhound Four Mark while he's in Victoria, <clears throat> absolutely loves a dog. He thrives in the environment down here. And um, you look through his record, he's a Greyhound that will improve with more runs at the track as well. So. Having had that trial leading into the heats, uh, his first go into the pen on uh, on heats night, I think yeah, there's a little bit of improvement there in him as well. All right, then, Georgie Stanley Road, can he win another big Group 1 staying event in Victoria? Oh, absolutely he can. And I think the, the number one factor from what um, Mark Gatt had told us in the last couple of weeks was he probably needed a change away from Wentworth Park. He raced there five times in a row, which doesn't seem a lot, but... Um, I think the Greyhound just needed a bit of a change. A change was as good as a holiday. And it showed last week at Sandown. He's a, he's a class Greyhound. He just needs as little interference in that first 100 metres as possible. And he'll be finishing all over the top of them. There's no doubt. He's a, he, if he wins, he goes up to nearly half a million dollars in prize money. Um, and he, he's of the obvious danger to Zach Manelli. All right, then. The 70s Tyler Durden, trained by the great Jeff Brissett. Mickey's can Tyler Dernan, of course, he defeated Zach Manelli in the heat last week. Can he spear across from box number seven and do it again? If he steps like he did, he can. I'm not sure he will. I think the gap between uh, one and seven might be, will give Zach Manelli the room he needs to push through. Um, but look, he, he couldn't be any more impressive. We, we talked about his splits and then he records. The concern I have with any dog that steps up to the 700 for the first time is how they butter up the second time. Um, Zipping Rambo, uh, in contrast came from behind, didn't have that big gut buster that Tyler Durden would have had last week running that sort of split. So um, that's the concern I have. Box 7 will make it a little bit tricky to get across, but um, look, if he replicates what he did last week, I think he's, uh, he's a good place chance at least. What are you thinking with Tyler Durden, George? Yeah, oh, I think it's going to be tough for him. And yeah, look, he was very impressive. And it, it, that's really weird to say that, you know, that we're sort of um, potting the, a greyhound that was the quickest of the heat winners. But he's almost got to cross two greyhounds now. I think Zipping Rambo's got a, a, as much speed at him as him, if not more. And yeah, look, he's been a terrific greyhound. He's made group finals over five and 700 metres now. But um, he's a little bit of a one-trick pony, I think, at this stage. That if he doesn't lead, I don't think he can win. So um, not for me. All right, then let's... Have a look at Kenny the Brute. Now, Kenny was first up over the 7.15 and was strong to take out his heat. Let's hear from his trainer, Kel Greeno. Prefer the red, Gareth, as we yeah. all know. But, um, 
Yeah, look, the dog will have to... I'm hoping he follows Tyler Durden across and gets a bit of a card into the race. He needs to be probably lobbing in in, a, in the first three to be a rough chance, and uh, who knows, everyone's saying about the second-up syndrome, whether it's going to be a drama or not. So time, time will tell. Did that surprise you how strong he was at the end of 7.15? It probably did, Gareth. Um, he had, I don't know, he had an enormous amount of 600 leading in, but you know, we couldn't really get that extra run into him. To he had a fall at previous race at Canyon and, and actually hurt himself. So we were a bit restricted in what we could do leading up. But yeah, it did did surprise us. So, what is your gut feel? Do you think he improves after that effort over the seven fifteen, or do you believe in this theory regarding the second up syndrome when you're stepping up and trip? Look, I try and get it a little bit more technical with the second up syndrome. To try and explain it quickly, it's to do with the CK levels of a dog. The muscle enzymes go really high after a run, and then we've got to try and get them down to a reasonable number. So I've taken the precautions I can do in that period of time and then hope that the number comes down so they can perform again. We'll cross our fingers and toes. That's why you're one of the best, Kel, because we learn something every every time we have a (laughs) chat to you. Um, The best of luck with Kenny, and who knows, if he jumps, he might be worth an each-way play. Yeah, you never know. Uh, look, I think just about make a case for every dog in the race. It's a very open race in my eyes, and any one of the dogs could win it. Good luck, mate. Thanks very much. So there's Cal Greeno explaining the second-up syndrome perfectly in a way for us, Mick. Yeah, he's uh, he is very good, Cal. He's one of the best in the business for a reason. There's a um, there's a theory and a, a not just a theory. There is a reason why he does everything he does. And look, he has the success he, success he does because of that. Um, Kenny, the route was really impressive last week. Um, the concern is the box. He's just I just can't see he can get into the race from out there. Um, you look across his career, he's had five goes out of the box eight, and he's only been placed once. Uh, box one is the opposite. He's been placed in all five. So look, I just can't see uh, see how he'd get into the race from out in box eight. Can he do it from box eight, Georgie? Uh, I don't think so, no. And look, again, uh, Cal and Jeff Britton have done an amazing job with Tyler Durden and Kenny the Brute to get them um, up and about for last week's heats to run the, the fastest and second fastest times. But I just don't think the box draw has favoured either of them and uh, uh, they would surprise if they won. All right, then, just quickly with a comment with the reserves, if they gain a start, Hank the Hustler, of course, is the first reserve and here's Tears, the second reserve, Mick. Uh, Hank the Hustler is, uh, is is a little underrated. Uh, I know he's got a very big fan base online, but uh, look, if he gets a run, um, he brings his best game forward. He, he's going to be in with the show. He's... Um, uh, his best time is uh, 41.39 from memory. It's the fastest we've seen uh, since the track record by Here's Tears last year. And particularly if he draws a box, he comes in with a show. Um, Here's Tears, the second reserve. Look, he's, he's going to have to improve a little bit. He's a track record holder. It seems funny when you hear a, a track record holder and he's got to improve. But uh, he's not the same grain he was 12 months ago. He's going to need a bit of luck if he gets a run here. George? Yeah, I hope Hank the Hustler doesn't get a run. Well, I hope Connections would hope he gets a run because I think he's um, one of the better bets um, in the Cup Night Sprint. But he, he was a really eye-catching third behind Stanley Road. And, uh, yeah, his tears, I, I agree with um, Mick's sentiments. So even though his run was improved on what we've seen more recently, I don't think he's going well enough to win the Sandown Cup. All right, lads, let's get your numbers for the Group 1 RSN Sandown Cup final. 
We'll start off with you, Mick Floyd. Yeah, I've got Zach Manelli on top still. I think with the box draw and uh, and his proven record, uh, if he's right, I think he's he's you know he's just going to win the race. Um, so I've got him on top. Uh, it might be a fraction short at two fifty though, uh, based on that run last week. We the people, I think, is a great each way chance uh, at eleven dollars uh, and zipping Rambo we mentioned. So um, my numbers one, two, four, and we'll throw in the five, to, uh, six. Sorry, to run a place Stanley Road. All right then, George. Yeah, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Stanley Road here. I think um, at his best, um, he'd be finishing all over the top of him. Look, we're we're going into this tip with relying on a little bit of luck, but Stanley Road on top. I think Zach Manelli will lead the race and be hard to catch. And and Zipping Rambo, I agree with the sentiments of a lot of trainers. I think his form over 600 is really hard to deny, and his two 700 metre runs have been fantastic. So six to beat one and four. Sensational, lads. We'll take a quick break here on the official podcast of the RSC 927 Sandown Cup. And when we return, we'll have a look at some of the other feature races on that Thursday night. RSN remembers another hero in the world's premier distance event for greyhounds. Away and racing. The RSN Sandown Cup. 2019 saw one of the greatest upsets in RSN Sandown Cup history when a 30 to 1 chance led all the way. All eyes were on the defending champ Tornado Tears, but Rajasthan dominated. As they wheel, the leader Rajasthan, a length in front, Poco Dorado. Pepper tights the one winding up and then Ella Enchanted. It's still Rajasthan in front, and Rajasthan wins the Sandown Cup by a length out of Enchanted. What a terrific Sandown Cup. The Sandown Park team got the reaction co-trainer Deb Cole. Unbelievable, just unbelievable. You don't know what that means to us in the owners. Join the chase to the RSN Sandown Cup this Thursday night. You're with Gareth Hall, Mick Floyd, George Ferrugia for the official podcast of the RSC 927 Sandown Cup. And outside of the Sandown Cup, it's a, a terrific program. One of the highlights will be race number seven, Mick, which is the consolation of the Sandown Cup. The Tab Cup night stays. We've got Hank the Hustler at the moment at $3.20. Here's Tears 360 from box one. Javil Slick at $7. Let's see at nine. Blazing Cartier at $8.00. And then we've got five star at six dollars fifty as well. Yeah, it's a really nice race. So fifteen thousand of the winner and uh, at listed level, it's a really good run, a really good race. Uh, uh, George mentioned Hank the Hustler is one of the best of the night, and I agree. He's uh, he's a chance if he goes into the Sandown Cup. So in this sort of race, uh, he's certainly a leading chance there. Um, two stars back, he was really good, uh, stepped really well, stepped cleanly, ran forty one eighty. He can go faster than that. Um, a little unlucky last week, uh, just got caught up at a crucial moment. But uh, from box three, I think you get a clear enough run there and be hard to beat. All right, then Georgie's at chips in with Hank the Hustler. Yeah, I think so. I, I really do. Um, uh, Javiel Slick can show a little bit of speed underneath him, but he did go 6'17 uh, last week, hang the hustler. I think that should put him into a, a nice enough position early, and I think he'll be too good. I just think there's a couple of greyhounds out of form here. Blazing Cartier, certainly not racing at her best. Webleck Hayes has been a very good greyhound for a long time, but I don't think his uh, pet distance is 700 metres. I just think Hank just needs an ounce of luck and uh, certainly chips in. All right, then let's have a look at the feature sprint race, the grade eight for the open class sprinters. And we've got Quara Bale, the last start group one winner in the Sapphire Crown last Thursday. is the $2.90 favourite. Do it at three thirty. Yozo Bale, the king of Wagga Wagga recently at $4.20. Japara at $6. I'll start off with you, Mick Floyd. 
Are you backing Quara Bale to continue on her rich vein of form here? Uh, look, she's in fantastic form. The Sapphire Crown win last week was outstanding. Uh, it should be hard to beat, but I reckon uh, Japara represents better value. Drawn the red here. Um, it was very good in a free-for-all last week. Went 5.06 earlier. I think that'll be enough to hold the rail, and uh, we know how strong he is. So I think uh, the better value bet here is Japara in box one. But uh, the Quara Bale's been racing great form, as I mentioned. Do it last week. Come out and ran 29.15, uh, 29. which was just extraordinary. Uh, he did step better than he'd normally do. I wouldn't uh, wouldn't take that as the standard, but uh, it did go very well last week. And Yozo Bale, as you mentioned, a Wagga Cup winner, uh, is a country cup specialist. Um, probably not quite a genuine 500-metre dog, at least in this class. But, uh, yeah, as I said, Japara. I think is the uh, best value running here. All right, Georgie, what are you doing here? Yeah, it's interesting with Japara. Never had box one in 33 career starts, but uh, as Mick alluded to, he's usually around a 5.05 sort of breaker, so you expect that sort of consistency, but really hard to go past Quara Bale here. Yeah, do it was very good last week, but again, he can be a little bit hit or miss at box prize, and Quara Bale did go 5.04 to the mark last week. It didn't look like she was going 5.04 because Shimmer Classic split in an unbelievable 4.96, but Quara Bale began as well as she did in that Warnable race um, to win in that Warnable Cup, and I just think, especially with a vacant box on her outside, I don't think that the Greyhounds in six, seven, eight will bo- bother her too much, and I think she can make it five wins on the fly. All right, then, lads, let's have a look at some of the feature races on Sandown Cup night on Thursday night. What's your best bet on the program, Mick? Uh, best bet, um, Shima Classic Race 9, number 1. Uh, she began very well, as George said, last week in the Sapphire Crown and Box 1 in a much, much easier race this week. I think she'll be hard to beat, but uh, if you're looking for a bit more value, I reckon I really think uh, Race 6, number 1, Japara is really okay. good value. And you're tipping Zach Manali, of course, in the Sandown Cup. What about you, Georgie? Yeah, there's a few that I like. Certainly Hank the Hustler, I think, in that cup night sprint will be hard to beat. I just think if he brings his A game, um, he'll get the job done. Um, Aston Fastnet for the shorty of the night, I think race three, number two. I think it's the, the best draw he's had in a, in a long time. He's around the dollar seventy mark. There's also one I like in the... Um, in race two, which is the Vic Bread Maiden final. There's always good dogs come out of this. I'm going for one at each way value, and that's number four, Osprey Rose. I think I like the way she's shown some good early speed. I think she can get out and certainly finish in the top three. So race two, number four. A couple of whispers in that race, Georgie. One big whisper for the one eat my dust. Yeah, and it's been very well supported in its two runs. It just hasn't um, got the job done. The concern I have that it hasn't broken 5.30 to the mark, uh, Garrett, so it need to improve uh, to be in a good enough position. All right, then, lads, can't wait for Thursday night. Just quickly, um, Mick Floyd, before we say goodbye, this podcast recorded on Wednesday morning. The COVID situation continues to be fluid. We've had five new cases this morning. Um, so you just got to keep an eye on the social media platforms and the GRV website and also Sandown's website for um, updates regarding if you can actually turn up on Thursday night. Yeah, absolutely. It is a fully ticketed event uh, and it was before these announcements. So if you do want to come along, uh, make sure you jump on to sandowngrains.com.au and book your tickets there. It is free for general admission, but you have to book your tickets. So um, on arrival, check in uh, with your QR codes, um, face masks inside, all the state government advice applies at the track. So um, make sure you uh, you follow all those. And uh, if you want to come along, make sure you, uh, you book your ticket well in advance. All right, mate, make sure you do that if you want to get along to see some of the best days in the world do battle in the RSN 927 Sandown Cup. Good on you, Georgie. Hopefully we'll see you there, guys. Oh, can't wait to be there. Good on you, Mick. Thank you very much. And that is the official RSN 927 podcast of the world's greatest staying race in the Greyhound world, the RSN 927 Sandown Cup.